Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putnam are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. Hello, everybody out there in Habsland. It's your new host, Craig Wilson. We kicked Blaine Potvin off the show because we think he's a dick. Uh, so it's just Matt and I. No, seriously. Blaine had stuff to do tonight, so it's just Matt and I tonight. Uh, so welcome to the show. Habs Unfiltered. Matt, welcome. Thank you. Good evening. How are you? How are you, how are you doing? I was just going to say you're right about him being a dick, but <laughs> <laughs> is this what you guys do when I'm not on the show? <laughs> no, we just make fun of the fact you're in the Air Force and how oh, you're gotcha. work, working. We always do gotcha. this in quotation gotcha. marks. So. Um, no, I'm doing okay. Uh, better than uh, the Habs goaltending tonight, that's for sure. But you know what? I can't even say 100% it was Habs goaltending. There was a hell of a lot of fluke goals, uh, a lot of deflections, a lot of weird stuff happened tonight in a... Uh, in a nine-goal game for the Florida Panthers. Yeah, 9-5. Yeah, 9-5. So not only yeah. does Team Tank get happy because they lost the game, people got free chicken wings. Yes. So, But, but it was a dull, boring game. Like all those You know what it was. It, was? it was a dull, boring game. It was. It was terrible yeah. hockey yeah. on both sides. Yeah, it um, was literally like we were watching just kind of like a Timbits kind of like a shinny type game like it wasn't it wasn't that entertaining to watch and, well, I had I think, a, and I had a friend that was at the game and I kind of feel bad for him being there but I uh, actually I think I wrote to you guys I said they might as well just drop the nets down lay the nets yeah, down and yeah. bank the puck off the boards you probably wouldn't score as much make it a little bit more competitive <laughs> yeah but like the first period like with all those goals there what 10 goals scored in the first period um and as you said a lot of them weren't skilled skillful goals that shot from Matheson was a thing of beauty there 16 seconds into the game but other than that it was just very sloppy a lot of uh deflections off sticks off people off whatever and um it it wasn't really that entertaining to watch the 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 good thing is montreal didn't let up 10 no uh what i got even richard's goal there it was a fluke. He just spun around and shot it, and it just went off the post and in. Like, it just yeah. happened to go. Pizzetta's, uh, he tipped it in off his stick, and I don't even know if he meant to tip it in off his stick. Uh, no. Couple goal, couple goals on Allen just bounced off him. Yeah. Like, he just you, was at a bad angle. And the, You can't the, say any of the goalies in this game played well. Oh, on uh, three goals on three shots on Bobrovsky. And yeah. what, I think after the first period, there was, what, 13 shots and five goals something like that seven goals seven goals seven goals on 15 shots like it's uh montebo i thought let a couple bad goals this first couple goals he did and that's what and that's what um that's what Um, warranted the 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 first poll yeah i would say allen had more of the fluky goals go in on him Um, he did but then but at that point it was more the confidence that the team was shot and then he was his his confidence was shot and i do believe that san louis made the right call bringing Montembeau back in, say, sit on the bench, calm down a little bit. And after that, he was much better. He he was. I mean, both you and I were big Montembeau haters last season. Uh, I kind of changed my tune. I don't mind Montembeau. I thought he's played very well this season. Um, well, 
for the most part. Like, to an extent. To an extent. Much last, better than last year. Much last year, it was, you could count on two, one hand the amount of games he didn't let a bad goal in, and one of yeah. them was a shutout. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. This year, it's better. Like, uh, I find this year with Montembeau, uh, he doesn't get so down after he lets a, a goal, bad goal in. Last year, he let a bad goal in. He, you knew. You yeah. knew two or three more were going in. Yeah. You just yeah. knew. This yeah. year, it's, he lets a, I, he really hasn't let a lot of bad goals in. No. Um, this game, he let a few. Uh, oh, I, I find, mean, I find I that he just, bad goals. he lets in like an inopportune moment type goal. Yes. Yes. Right. Uh, yeah. And, and whereas last year it was a, how did you not save that? Type yeah. Goal? yeah. Like, yeah. Man, you're in the NHL. How do you not save right. that? Right. Um, but um, I saw I saw a game tonight that the first period was like it was one of those wide open games. They they got a little bit more life in the second period. Um, started a little bit on a little bit on a four check, a little bit more physicality, et cetera, blocking some shots, um, which they did not do in the first. Mm. Um, and and I think it kind of calmed down both both sides. And it turned a little bit more into a hockey game. I don't know how many still people were still watching the hockey game after this uh, at this point. Um, but again, just it was very sloppy overall. Um, no player on the on on the team can really be uh, say happy with the performance tonight. And and the fact that uh, their next game is against Tampa, it's, it doesn't get any easier for them. Uh, exactly. Uh, I found. I mean, if you take away the first period, the game was two two. So, I mean, that's a positive, I guess you can look at it. So, yeah. uh, well, like just, just look at, um, some of the calls and we can just kind of get into that really quick. Um, the goal that, uh, the whistle was blown and then the shot happened, like didn't really like that. And I don't like the fact that the ref didn't even give San Luis the time of day to say like, Hey, like what the hell, right? Like, and he, give, me and a, he give me an explanation yeah, and he can't challenge it either. That's right. Uh, and what I didn't understand with that either is the ref had his hand up as if it was going to, there was going to be a penalty called mm-hmm. and then there was no penalties. It's there almost like, there was nothing. It's almost like he had his hand up. These guys are doing their thing. They let it go, let it go. Finally, he puts his hand up and blows the whistle. Uh, I do believe I'm on the fence with the goal. It was uh, close. Some, it some was replays close. I, I seen, I, I thought it was before and some I seen, I thought, Oh, that might have been in, you know, so I'm kind of. In the end, uh, I think uh, at least Martin St. Louis should have got the explanation to say, yeah. hey, you know, we determined – or at least my, they should have replayed it or something. My my problem was th- is that he didn't do it right away. He did it after the fact, after, you know, another play had already started. Mm-hmm. It's an un- it's not reviewable, et cetera. And, and uh, yeah, it was just – that was one that I don't think should have counted, but it is what it is now. So it would have been eight five instead of uh <laughs> well at that point it was I think it was five to three at that point. Uh that was a sixth goal, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it could could have changed the game. A little bit, yeah. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe. Maybe. Who but knows? um another penalty that was called late in the game too, actually. Um as the camera's kind of like off the to the side after uh Kovacevic just had a uh a scoring opportunity. He ends up getting a 10 for coming in aid to his captain, uh, Nick Suzuki, who got his stick up high. And it's a, it was a really weird angle. So I can't really say that it was warranted, but a five in a game for cross-checking something that's very uh, uncharacteristic. Let's just say that from a guy like Suzuki. We know that he's got that fire in him. 
Yeah. Um, he just doesn't display it that often. But I think it was, I think it was more at that point, it was more of like a game management decision from the, uh, from the referee. But the fact that he gave him five in a game, um, there is the possibility that it could turn into a suspension. I doubt it. I uh, doubt it too, but the conversation could still be there. Uh, if Tavares isn't going to only get a $5,000 fine for that slash. And, and I will say this, that could have been handled by the rest better too in the Edmonton right. game because that shit should have been whistled down long before that slash came out. Yeah. Um, so Toronto fans, I don't know if you, you know, we're, I'm not bash, <laughs> I'm not bashing Tavares. I think he did the right thing in the end because he was getting mugged by Delorier there or a uh, day or nay, but, uh, anyway, uh, it could be. I'm sure there'll be a, there'll be a talk or there'll be a, an investigation, and he might get a fine. He might not. Who knows? Right. Uh, but good for Suzuki for sticking up for himself and uh, doing what he had to do anyway. It was just one of those games where yeah. nothing nothing went nothing went right. No. For Other both like, teams. No, for both. Really? For, yeah, for both teams. Um. Yes, one team. Uh, um. One team. Uh, out. You know, outdueled the other one, but uh, even as even as the Panthers, I wouldn't be happy with that performance. I wouldn't either. But Montreal's performance, and we can talk about the goalies all we want, but the defense was just terrible. That's very true. It, it was terrible man coverage, especially in the first period. Uh, like Florida just seemed to come in, and they just always had a guy open, or they always had yeah. a guy beat. They were they were always beat Montreal to the puck. They were yeah. always they were very uh, flat footed. They were yeah. very, very flat yeah. footed tonight. And it was like, oh, guy coming down the side, I'll put my stick out, but my feet aren't going to move. Yeah. Oh, and he went ha- by me. How did that yeah, happen? Exactly. Oh, no. oh, you got him. You got him, Jakey. Oh, yeah. no, you don't. Oh, it's, <laughs> they bounced it off his helmet and it went in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, I mean, that could go back to the result where Montembeau and Jake Allen were bailing him out of a lot of games early in the season. Right. And right. making the big saves. Right. Um, I mean, Brian from Habs and Dads asked me today about uh, uh, Monty's goals of saves above uh, average. Right. Um, and he said, hey, he made a big save late in the game. Does that count? And it doesn't work that way. It's, yeah. it's, there's, I, I gave him the explanation, but it, it works. You take the league average and then you take the shots. And if everyone had the same amount of shots, is he over or under the league average? Basically, is how it works. Right. Um, so no, Brian, that will not. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, I I threw out a tweet here this evening, and you know I might have been a little bit early of saying it, although I'm not sure I'm the only person thinking about it. Um, there's going to be goalies available this off season. Uh, both these guys are still signed. Um, Montembeau's got one more year left. Uh, Allen's got two more years left, and he gets his raise by a mill, uh, a little over a mill next season, or just under a mill next season. Presumably, being the guy, being the the one A, let's just call it that. Um, do the Canadians go out this off season and look to get a goaltender that can come in to the NHL? Do they do they draft a goaltender? Do they try to maybe get a prospect from a team that? Uh, could potentially be pried away from one or well i've written articles on this very subject blaine just put an article out saying the same thing so looks like carter hart's 
might be on the move. Uh, Thatcher Demko in Vancouver could be, yeah. could be, could be moved. Uh, you have, uh, Levy in Buffalo. Right. Um, there's, yeah. there's, there's a question mark on whether he's going to stay in Buffalo. Yeah, just one hockey's player of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah. so that could change. There's, because Craig Anderson's forty some odd years old, he's, oldest he's, player in the league right now. He, he's he's probably coming close to the end, right? Um, and Uka Puka Lekkinen, um, <laughs> inconsistent at this point. He's in, he's supposed to be their their guy of the future, but he's very inconsistent. Yeah. But yeah. then again, Buffalo isn't that great of a team yet. They have a lot of good players. They but... got firepower. They just don't have any defense. Not yet. Yeah, they, they, they haven't put it together. They haven't. Put they, it haven't they haven't put it all together yet. Um. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they could do. Uh, Wolf over in, uh, Calgary. Yeah. Calgary. He's yeah. another guy that he's kind of buried in Calgary, although don't ever say he might get traded because Calgary fans will lose their mind. But, uh, he's a, he's a smaller golden. He's only six feet and That's they're right. not, they're not very popular in the NHL right now. That's true. Short, short goaltenders. So, but he's tearing, he's the best goalie in the AHL. Like he's he is. dominating the AHL. Right. Then you've um, got guys like Joel Blungfist. You've got Askarov potentially. Uh, see, like for me, um, uh, was it Walston just for Walston, Minnesota? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. Right. He's he is a little bit of a of a wild card for me because you still have Flurry there. I think he's there for another year or more. Um, but then the the uh, uh, I get off one second. I got to find his name. Uh, where is he on here? Uh, was it Gustafson? Yeah, yeah Phil, Phil, they, Philip, got, Philip Gustafson. They, they got him from, uh, from Ottawa. From Ottawa, yeah. And the guy's been on an absolute tear. Like his numbers yeah. arrive, are like, like very close to, um, Allmark. Well, I, uh, I said when that trade was made that Gustafson was going to be the, uh, clear, best player out of that deal when Talbot went to Ottawa. Yeah. Apparently Talbot's now being, was being shot by Ottawa. He was, yeah, day. he was. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't think Talbot's an upgrade to Montembeau or, uh, no, or, or no. Allen, but, uh, um, I think the, uh, was it Vigimaki or whatever from, uh, Arizona? I think he's available next year too. I'm not sure. If he's I think he's an RFA. I think he's an RFA. He's an RFA. I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh, but, uh, there's a lot of options, but, with Allen's two years, and I think he actually the... he's actually signed. Um, he's actually Belmaca is signed two more years at uh, two point uh, oh, okay. seven two five. Okay, I thought Arizona had a goalie available in the off season. I guess I'm wrong. I thought it was him, but uh, I don't know. I mean, they're they're two and a fifteen hundred fans will be disappointed if he yeah. leaves. Um, <laughs> But it, it, I, now Ken Hughes has said he'd like to get a nice young NHL ready goaltender. Um, whether he meant, I, I cause Caden Primo is not the pitcher anymore. He, he's, he's, he's not, not, he's not. He, yeah. he doesn't seem to be the guy. He, he could potentially be a backup in my opinion still. Um, but he needs to, he needs to just, he needs to find that consistency as a starter in the AHL. Yeah. And then the confidence at the NHL level, because it seems that he could have game after game in the AHL where he looks rock solid. And then he's just shook when it comes to the NHL level. Well, I find too, this year he's very inconsistent this year. Yeah. He's very, very like he's 
lights out one game and then yeah. knocked out the next game. And yeah. he uh, did and have he had, that freak injury on the bench too. He did, yeah. And then uh, he had that great playoff run the year before. Yeah. And uh, then he, so there was a lot of hope coming into this season, but he was very, uh, both him and Kevin Poulin. I think it was more, maybe it's the defense because I don't think the defense is all that great. It's very offensive minded. Well, um, it is. And you got to think the amount of people that they've had to pull up to the correct. Canadians. Yeah. From Trois Rivier. Right. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Montreal gets a goaltender, but I think they're going to go for like a either draft one or they're going to go for a young, uh, non NHL goaltender. Right. If they're going to make a trade. I don't think, I don't think you'll see them go after Hart or Demko, even though I'm going to have an article come out saying maybe they should take a look at Hart and Demko. <laughs> but, uh, I just, I just don't think they'll have the pieces to give up or they'll want to have, want to give up the pieces that are going to be asked for them. Right. Um, um, somebody brought up, somebody brought up a goaltender to me this evening and, uh, pending RFA. The only thing is with this guy, it's again, it's, it's, it's health and it's consistency, but he is a young goaltender was once, a, you know, more of a promising goaltender. That's Mackenzie Blackwood. Oh, in New Jersey. Yeah. Because they uh, have right now, um, Vanacek who's still signed for a couple more seasons at 3.4. And then they had Akira Schmidt as well. Yeah. And they've both been playing pretty good hockey in Blackwood's absence. So going into an RFA year, could he be somebody that could potentially be somebody that uh, they could look at? His numbers this year haven't been the greatest, even though they're playing for a good team. Um, 17 games. 3.04 3.04 and a 900 save. It's still better than Allen and Montembeau. It, it is. <laughs> it is. And he's still relatively young. He's only 26 yeah. and he's, uh, he's 6'4, 225. Doesn't right? he have a vax thing going on though? Wasn't he one of the ones that didn't? I think get he was at the start, but obviously he's still in the league. So yeah, I'm just, but I think they can be in the league. This just, does Canada still have their, Everyone needs I'm to be not, I'm not 100% sure. Like his, uh, his, 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 his best year, his best year really was his first year in the league. And, and then in his second year, um, 23 games, 2.61 with a 918 save. And then the next season, he played 47 games, 2.77 goals against and a 915 save. And, and that's when New Jersey wasn't that great. Yeah. So yeah, he could be someone to look at. Yeah, but if I'm, he stays but, healthy, he's but just I'm not think, healthy. Yeah, but I'm thinking more. It was the, uh, it was maybe a little bit more of the uh, the injuries that uh, that he was dealing with that maybe led to some not so good play. Let's just say that. But uh, you know, his uh, career 147 games, eight shutouts, uh, 2.95 goals against with a 907 save and he has size he, he he's, he's not like the top of my list but i wouldn't be surprised if he's made available see it all depends on what where montreal thinks they're going to start contending because that's when they need a a goaltender um, yes or i should say an above average goaltender you don't need a superstar like carrie price but you need at least a darcy kemper yeah <laughs> like yeah. what colorado had like someone who he's not going to lose you the game but he may not steal a game for you either because he doesn't have to. Right. Um, so 
that's where you got to think. So is next year a bit early to do that? Like, are we, like, do you really want Montreal to jump the gun on a goalie, like say Carter Hart or Demko or Blackwood now and maybe give up something? You know it what depend, I mean? It depends on the return, of course. Yeah. And, and depends I mean, on the return. personally, I think Carter Hart's one of the most overrated goalies in the NHL. He um, is. He is. Like, like um, I, I wouldn't touch Carter Hart with a 10 foot pole. But, it does uh, seem like, it does seem like the ask is going to be a hell of a lot. Yeah. And so I would say in Thatcher Demko now, I would, out of the three, I would go after Thatcher Demko because I think right. he's just having a bad year due to injuries. Um, yeah. And uh, I think he does have a pretty good future in the NHL. But again, what's the return? Yes. Like, are you giving up a first-round pick and a, a top prospect for a goalie? Right. I'm so <laughs> I got two I got two more. Okay. Um, Jeremy Swayman, RFA. I don't think he leaves Boston. I was going to say, I would take him in a heartbeat, but I don't think he leaves Boston. I don't think he leaves Boston, but uh, 80 games of uh, NHL experience now, um, seven shutouts, 2.25 goals against with a 919 save percentage. And you got to admit, Boston doesn't have the greatest defense. That's true. And Allmark is, uh, Allmark is their, in my opinion, is their clear number one. Like he's, he's putting up, incredible numbers this year he's probably winning a Vesna. oh yeah 100 percent. he's um just looking at this year uh 33 5 and 1 935 save percentage with a 1.97 goals against yeah. average in 42 games yeah. i would like, say if it wasn't for mcdavid's year he could be a heart a guy that could win the heart all mark but mcdavid's he just having he mcdavid's even, just having a too good yeah game. yeah he could even, but the thing is he, he could even be a finalist well he's not going to beat austin matthews <laughs> that's true that's true like matthews is probably going to finish second in for the rocket anyway right so uh, <laughs> he has 30 goals now oh there you go um the other one that i will quickly bring up You're, somebody uh... some... oh what happened my i just lost all the all my uh hearing so oh. siri came i have an apple and siri came on for some reason i don't know oh, okay you hear me now? <laughs> I can hear you now. Test yeah. one, so two, I, three. I didn't hear anything you just said. Though. Right, Blaine is a douche. <laughs> one, two, three. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so somebody else brought this up to me, and I, and I was a little bit intrigued by the conversation. Um, he, he's got a no-move clause. Markstrom. Uh, that would, A, would cost you too much, because I think he's getting like – Six seven million. He's making he's making six mil for three more years. Uh and he's on a good team and he's playing shitty. But the whole but you gotta think them as a uh, Calgary as a whole are playing like shit. True. I don't know. Markstrom's a big question mark for me. And and he and he is for me too, so I wasn't a hundred percent sure to answer the question because Last year with Calgary, he was 37, 15, and 9 with a 922 save percentage and nine shutouts. This season, he's played 47 games. He's got a shutout, 2.85 with a uh, 894 save. I, uh... But prior to that, he had a 904, 
912, 912, 910. For three years of Markstrom, you basically have them just until you start contending at six million. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. that's true. You know what I mean? I'm wondering though if they're unable to pry a guy out like a Dustin Wolf. I think they'd have an eat. I think it'd be better for the pride dust. I would pay more for Dustin Wolf than for Jacob Markstrom. I would just, too. Just I would, based I on would the too. salary, and at least Dustin Wolf, he's an RFA guy. And then once once his contract's over or his next contract comes up, you just sign him to like a six year deal, and you have him while you're contending. Right. Right. You, you and know I, what I mean. And, and I would like to see that as well. Yeah. But I'm just I'm. I'm not sure as a as a Calgary fan. They, Cal- like I, can, I don't know. I can I don't... tell you right now, Calgary fans would rather give up Jacob Markstrom than Dustin Wolf. Oh, then they would, and they yeah. would. I just don't know. Like if I look at uh, if I look at um, Dustin Wolf, he signed for one more year of his ELC, then he's going to be an RFA, right? And this guy is consistently putting up just super numbers, huge numbers, but. Either they're going to move on from Vladar and bring this guy up, or they're they going to move, or they're going to move on from uh, from Markstrom. But they just signed Vladar to like a three year contract, exactly. Like literally this year, yeah. yeah. And Markstrom will be hard to get rid of because the six million dollar contract, right? So, yeah. yeah, that's yes. If anyone moves, if they want Wolf, they're moving Vladar. Yeah. I mean, hey, I'd take Vladar in Montreal. I don't think Vladar's playing that bad in Calgary. Right. Considering he's a backup to Markstrom. But, like, right, I'm not worried about goaltending in Montreal right now because they're not contending for another two, three yeah. years. I think I think it's more optics for me. That's why I'm kind of making the conversation yeah. and kind of thinking it. Yeah. But you also got to look at the same time the um, plethora of injuries that Montreal has. It's not like this is the team that would be – normally in front of a goaltender no but judging by that if you look at this team and if they were healthy they're probably closer to florida in the standings yes, than they are yes. to the bottom five yes uh, well, like they're right not making now, the, they're not making the playoffs but they're drafting probably anywhere between eight and 14 yeah and not, like they they don't have their firepower they don't have their yeah. defense they don't have um, the luxury of having some of these uh, veteran guys in their lineup. And next year, they're going to have a little bit of money to spend. Like, yes, they need to sign a few players, um, mainly a guy like Caulfield. Um, but if we want to just quickly go into the the last segment, talking about some of these guys that are maybe on the bubble, um, like Drew probably gone. Oh, he is gone. They're not right. resigning Drew. Right. And, and and I'll tell you why they're not resigning Drew. They're not going to, like, we're going to get into the subject where you have RHP, Yelonen, Richard, yep. uh, Belzeal, maybe. I don't yep. know. He's a UFA. I don't know if Belzeal comes back. Uh, Pizzetta, um, all these guys are going to be fighting for a spot on the team next year. Um, so Byron's gone. He hasn't been there this year, but he's gone. So he yes. won't be taking up a spot. Monahan will, will be gone. They're not re-signing. Mon- I don't care what anyone says. Monaghan is not going to sign a show me what I show. I'll show you what I can do. Contracted. No, Montreal. he at, at this point he's too much of a uh, liability. Mm. I liked him when he was there. 
don't get me wrong, liked him when he was there, thought he brought really good things to the team. I just don't like the injury um, history. Yeah. And it, and, it, and it creeped up on him again this season. He's been out since December. And it he's looks got, like now he's likely done for the rest of the yeah, year. Yeah, they, 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 Renault Lavoie said he, it looks like he's gone for the year. Um, so I would stay away from Monaghan. I know half of Montreal fans are like, you're an idiot. We need him. Yeah. All right. Sure. He's going to be great for 20 games. Awesome. Um, Drew has gone. Byron's gone. Uh, so that's going to leave room for guys like RHP, Yalonen. I don't think Belzeal comes back. Um, I don't think he'll come back. I think they'll sign him because I think they'll bring him back to be their captain. In Laval. Yes. Yeah. Um, But be a first call-up guy like he has been. But I think you're going to see RHP, Yalonen, um, Beck, uh, Joshua Waugh has a chance. Yeah, uh, an outside chance to make the team. Riley Kidney could have an outside chance to these make are, the team. Yeah, but these are all guys. These are guys that are already signed. These are guys that are already right. signed. Yeah. Um, for the wow, who do they have left to sign? Um, well, I'm just talking like going into next season. Going into yeah. next season, some of the guys that are on the team right now. Um, Garyanov is going to be an RFA. Garyanov is going to sign. Right. I think Garrett, I, I think he found his game and he found his game back in Montreal. And I think he's going to, sign. I think, I think with the right center, he could be, he could be a weapon. Right. Uh, then you've got Yelonen. You've already said that you'd like to see him come back. Yeah. Har- Yelonen Harvey, will be back. Harvey, Harvey Pinard, Michael um, Pizzetta. Pizzetta. I think that he's cemented his spot. I think he's one of those, uh, just like he's a, like, I'm, he's a kind of like a meat and potatoes type player. Like he goes in a straight line, he finishes his checks. We're seeing a little bit of offense from him, but he's doing the right things. He's going to the net. He's finishing his checks. He's doing what he needs to do to succeed at this level, even though he's only playing minimal minutes on the fourth line. But he's doing what he needs to do to stay in the NHL. He's a a steady fourth-line player. Yeah, so I think he'll be back as well. Um, And then... Hard to say what's going to happen with Richard. I could see him being another guy they could potentially sign because I think he likes playing in Laval or likes being in the organization. I, I think he could be another one of those guys that uh, you sign and sign to a, a minimum deal and uh, hope that he's going to pass through waivers and be a call-up if needed. So Richard is a, a group six UFA. Yeah. Uh, he didn't get enough games by 25, but he's still a USA, right. UFA. Right. Uh Belzeal's a UFA. Chris Tierney's a UFA. Chris Tierney and Belzeal, I don't think, are back. Like I say, Belzeal might be back on a minor league contract. Uh, I don't think and... Tierney. I don't think Tierney will be. Oh, neither do I. Uh, I don't. I think Richard will be signed again, like Belzeal. If they re-sign him, it'll be a two-way, yeah, uh, or a one-way minor yeah, league deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not an AHL deal because. They want to be right. able to call him up, right. but a minor league deal. As of Yelon and Harvey Bernard Pizzetta, they're all RFAs. I don't see them not getting uh, re-signed. Um, uh, RHP and Pizzetta are they get arbitration? So, yeah. uh, um, Gurionov also gets arbitration. Uh, so I do see. Actually, I can see all of them back. Yeah, every every single one of them. There's no, I don't see any reason why not to bring them back. Um, cause like I say, you're losing, you're going to have about, let's see here, cap friendly. 
Well, uh, you got to think the majority of these players that we're talking about, other than say Pizzetta and Harvey Pinard, are going to be destined to go back to Laval, or that's going right. to be the hope because right. you're going to have a healthier roster. You're going to have guys back in uh, Gallagher, Jake Evans, Caulfield, Slavkovsky, etc. Well, but then you're also going to have guys that are going to be trying to make their spot um, on Laval. Guys like Mesher, Owen Beck, Heineman, Riley Kidney, Joshua Roy, um, those kind of guys, um, they're going to try to do their damnedest to make a pro team. Well, the forward line for Laval is going to look awesome if all those players, you know, turn pro and keep playing the way they're playing in the right. in, in the minor leagues. Um don't expect guys like Waugh, Messer, um, Beck, uh, any of these guys to Struble's another one. Don't expect them to be jumping to the NHL next year. No, unless they, no. unless they have a blow away camp. No. Uh, if, if, I mean, if Beck has a camp similar to what he had this year, he, he's, uh, on the fence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, he's on the fence. This, my argument there, I, I love Owen Beck. I'm not, and I'm not shitting no. on Owen Beck, but we saw more Owen Beck at training camp and development camp based on necessity because the amount of injuries that they had. Yeah. Yeah. But he took it and ran with it. He, he did look good and he was playing against some NHL uh, caliber players when he was doing this. But this brings up another question though. So you have Brendan Gallagher. Yep. And you have Jake Evans. Mm -hmm. Both of them constantly injured. Yep. I would try to get rid of both those contracts in the off season. Be hard to move. A team, I, like I, I, a team like Arizona could take Brendan Gallagher just based on the the cap floor. It's going up by true. a million, that's right? True. But uh, he does have a no move and a mod. He has a modified no trade and a no movement clause as well, right? So, yeah, six teams. He says, right. submits a six team trade list. Uh, but Jake Evans, he's only one point seven. Yes, it's a movable contract. So he has a movable contract, and the reason I say that is because you have. Kirby Doc, Christian yep. Dvorak, that's another contract you could move. Right. Uh, Nick Suzuki, and you're bound if you're picking top five to get a, you're going to get a center, another right. center. Um, so really, Jake Evans is irrelevant. He's a, he's a guy that could, they, they could move on from, but yeah. the, you could say that about a couple guys on the contract, uh, which will be, uh, you know, another time and another show, but, yeah. um, it's uh you know they have 13, 13 games i believe for 13 games left in the season it's going to be uh it's going to be um some of these guys that are on the bubble they've got to show something or they're gone because as i said the management knows the kind of team they're looking for um hughes is a guy that holds his cards really close to his chest we're not really sure what he's thinking about and some of the deals uh, they're going to get a top 10 pick, probably five to seven overall, unless they win the lottery or win a lottery spot. And uh, then they still got Florida's pick as well, which could end up being another pick in the top 15 if they don't sneak into the playoffs. But even I don't then, see, I don't see it'll, be, it'll still be a uh, top 15, top 16, yeah. right? Um, I think they're going to end up picking six and 13th is what I think they're right. going to end up picking. Right. Um, but yeah, I think Yelonen, RHP, that now 
my argument with RHP is the same as your argument with Beck in the off season or in the preseason. You're seeing a lot of them because you have to. Yeah. Uh, and he slowed down a lot he in has. his production since he came off. Now he scored tonight, but he right. slowed down a lot in his production since he came off that first line. Yeah. So uh, to me, I mean, there was a lot of RHP hype when he first came in because I think he had what, like eight points in his first yeah, he was, he was, games or something. He was like on that. fire. He was on yeah. fire. Um, but I see him as more of a third line, fourth line guy. Yes, he is. Uh, so people, expectations cool them down. Right. <laughs> but for, but for me, he's, he's, he's much like, um, uh, I'm not going to compare him to Gary Onov, but put Gary Onov in RHP with the right center or the right, the right, um, the right line. And you're going to see productivity out of this person. Well, that just goes to show that Montreal needs another center. Yeah. Well, well I mean, Kirby Doc healthy. You put Gary Onov with Kirby Doc. Yeah, you have a line of Anderson, Doc, and Gloria. That's a pretty good line. That's a pretty big line too. Pretty, all guys, I, that, all all guys that can skate. And I would like to see a line of uh, Slepkowski, Suzuki, and Caulfield. Yes. And then that line with Garyanov, Anderson, and and Doc. Right. And then your third lines like Dvorak, Yelonen, and RHP with right. Evans, Pizzetta, and whoever. Armia, I guess. Armia <laughs> you know, on the fourth line. So I mean, and, then, and and that's and we didn't even bring up Gallagher's name. Well, that's just it, right? Like, where where does Gallagher go when he comes back? He's not a, he's not a top six player anymore. Right now, he's a he's a solid third line guy that can move up the lineup. I lo- like I love Brandon Gallagher. He is the you know he's really is that that heart and soul player that uh, that you love. But from a business standpoint, that contract is a is a stinker. It really I is. love I love Braden Gallagher until he signed a six and a half million dollar contract, and he's only in his second year of that contract. And was it six years? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Six. Uh, let's see, six year, uh, six and a half mil. And right now, in his first year of that contract, he put up twenty four points in fifty six games. Uh, this year, he's put up nine points in twenty five games. And I doubt he's back this year. Uh, last week they said he was still out another three to four weeks, and that's that's the season. That's pretty much the end of the year. <laughs> he might he might come back for another for you know a game or two, but I don't think it's going to be much. So, yeah, and he gets the dumbest injury. He does, he <laughs> does. But and even the season before that, he only played thirty five games. He yeah. put up fourteen goals in that time, but. He only played 35 games. Like he hasn't had a full year since the 2018, 2019 season. That's when he scored 33. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, and like, I don't care. I, I don't care if you're the Iron Man and you're, pay, you're playing 82 games, but I'd like to see in the seventies, you know, something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you're getting paid six and a half million. Yeah. Yeah. The seventies and at least 20 goals at least. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, what can you do? What can you do? Yeah. Another another show, another time we can Absolutely. About. And it's gonna be a conversation that we're gonna have as we get yeah. closer to uh the end of the year and we uh and we can kind of say like this is where I see this guy, this is where I yeah. see this guy. And um yeah, like there's some players that I just don't think are gonna be back. Uh, I think there's a lot of players, whether it's through trade or just not re signing that aren't gonna be back. Right. Um I think they need to make room for young guys to come in. Yeah. And, uh, that's what a rebuild's all about. 
but there's just some contracts you just can't move till they're over. Right. Like, and, like uh, Armia, like Armia and Huffman. You, you, I mean, Huffman might move at the trade deadline, but, uh, cause he'll be a UFA next year or the end of next year. Right. But, uh, well, man. Blaine and I, Blaine and I have talked about this a little bit in length. And, uh, my concern is the prospect pool. Not the, not the, not necessarily that it's a weak one. I got no issues with it, but 11 more draft picks going into this year's draft in Nashville, that which we're, which we'll be at. Um, so everyone that's listening, make sure you come say hello. Um, you can only stock the shelves so much. And then you need to pick and choose who these guys, which guys you want in your lineup or which guys you want in your organization moving forward. And I'm seeing guys like Mesher, Owen Back, Riley Kidney, Joshua Roy, et cetera, getting picked. Then, as I said, 11 picks this year. Who knows where uh, some of the players that they're looking at, or who they're going to de- who they're going to bring in? Then you've got a logjam now on defense with some of these young guys coming in. It's going to take some time for them to evaluate where they see some of these guys and maybe start to say, okay, you're in. We're using you in a trade. We're using you in a trade, et cetera, because they can't just keep putting them on the shelves and then losing them for nothing. Well, that's, and that's just it. That's, that's the issue. It's, oh, it's good to have a stock cupboard, but when it's Montreal's, it's getting to be, and the problem with Montreal's stock cupboard is there's no really elite to high end prospects there. Like you could say, hey, Riley Kidney's doing this in the Quebec, but when you really look at his overall picture, is yeah. he a guy you see as a first line player? No. Uh Joshua Waugh having a great season. Last again, few yeah. seasons again. Yeah. yeah. But do you see him as a top six player? You know what I mean? Like right. when you when you kind of put the pieces together, you're like, Yeah, he's he's playing like if he if this was his draft year, he'd be in the top five. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but he's and also going to think these guys are still 19, 20 years old. You know, not correct. I think both these guys are both 19, but, but I do get what you're saying. Yeah. So it's like, yes, we hope they can be. You always hope your, your prospects are going to be the best in the league. Um, but if you put a realistic number on it, you got to look at eh, Joshua was probably a third line player that can get you 20, 25 goals, you know, 60 points maybe as right. tops. Uh, that could jump up on a second line if you need them to. Yeah. Um, same I just, with, I just like to see them. I, I, I could see them just accelerating this rebuild a little bit faster by using some of these picks and prospects accordingly. Not necessarily for, you know, a, a top this or a top that and try to like really fast track it, but, but I could see them bringing in a couple of key pieces that will facilitate this, um, this rebuild. I, I, I think you're right. I think they're going to use some of these prospects as trade bait just to bring in younger, better NHL established players. Right. And, but the thing I'm throwing in on that is what do other teams, GMC, see these prospects as? Right. Are they A level prospects or are they B level prospects? Yeah. Cause if they're B level prospects, you're not getting that Jeremy Swayman or that, you no, know what no. I mean? You're bringing it, you're putting it, it's extra pieces that you're like, having to toss. So, in the so then Ken Hughes has to look at it and go, well, we want to trade this guy, but are we going to get anything better back? Right. You know what I mean? And right. and that's the way I look at it. So, yep. um, and I'm not saying you can't trade these guys and get something good back, 
I'm just saying, what do other GM like we as fans and everything look at it and say, holy, look at Riley Kidney. Yeah. Jesus, he's Connor Bedarded out there, right? <laughs> yeah. And uh, you know, so man, he's gonna be amazing. So because you get some fans who look at a guy in the minors and go, This guy's gonna be an elite NHL player. Yep. But really, if you look at the overall picture, yeah, there's a reason he was drafted in the fourth round. No, you know what I mean? Round. He was second round pick. Second, second round. Yeah, second round a reason, pick, yeah. But there's a reason he was drafted there. Yeah, late and second round pick and uh, consecutive 100-point seasons. Yeah, well, this season he's just he's going to get 100 points in the 20 games he's playing. In, uh, he's So far in Gatineau, to, uh, 55 points in 24 games. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. And they got, what, 10 games left, I think, in the season? Uh, yeah, probably something like that, yeah, if, or like wait, that. or less. Six to six yeah. to six to ten. Yeah, years. so he's probably gonna have sixty-five to seventy points in thirty games. Right, it's over two points a game. Yeah. So I mean, he's like again, folks. Don't get me wrong. I just people don't know how to temper expectations, and then when this kid doesn't work out in the NHL, it's oh, this guy's a bust. Well, you're right, <laughs> and but you know, uh, just to to wrap up. He is one of those prospects that guys don't talk about as much. Right. He's still um, putting up huge numbers in the queue for the second year in a row, but he's not one of those top prospects that people are talking about right now. And he could be one of those guys that's utilized in a deal, depending again, depending on what other teams are looking for. And Joshua is another one. They're not a lot of people are talking about Joshua. I mean, they were at the World Juniors, but yeah. they're they're not now because no. and he's putting up hundred point seasons. So right, right, yeah. So anyway, it's uh, it'll be an interesting uh, off season. It'll be a busy off season. Uh, like Matt said, we're going to be at the draft, all three of us um, in Nashville. So we're all going to buy cowboy hats and uh, <laughs> cowboy boots. Yeah, to look the part. Um, so, uh, that's it for tonight's show, Matt, you got anything to close off? No, just uh, appreciate everyone that's been listening and, uh, sending in questions and all that, uh, all that, good all, the, all that stuff Blaine says. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't remember all our moss. <laughs> and my microphone changed again. See, I moved my mic. I got a loose connection somewhere. Um, Anyway. All right, guys. Uh, thanks, for everyone, for listening. Uh, and remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network.